Blog Talk Radio. Turn on the light. Save the world from darkness, yeah. Turn on the light. Won't you please, my friend, yeah. Welcome to the Turn on the Light broadcast with Bishop Lex, Simmons, and Ann Butterfield. We are the Assistant Pastors at Light of the World Christian Tabernacle International Church in South Bridge, Georgia. Our co-founder is Archbishop Bishop Lex Smith, and our senior pastor is Oshabar Hartman. And his lovely wife, Lady E. We are so glad that you have tuned in. We are going to show you a God that will bring you life. So call your neighbors and call your friends. Call Lottie Dottie and everybody. Tell them that the Turn on the Life broadcast is on the air. Tell them to dial 917 388 4161. And while you're getting your neighbors and your friends, here's a song just for you. Come on, clap your hands tonight. Listen. When my work is done and my race has been won, heaven is waiting. Heaven is waiting for me. Mm-hmm. When I've done my best and would the ultimate test, heaven is waiting. Heaven is waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Jesus went away. To prepare a place for me And when he comes again That's where I'll spend eternity Heaven is waiting Heaven is waiting Heaven is waiting Listen here The time is going down When I must see this world goodbye Heaven is waiting Where the streets are made of gold, the gates are made of pearl. There'll be nothing but joy for me when I leave it so well. Heaven, heaven is waiting, y'all. I said heaven is waiting for me. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. That's something to shout about. Heaven is waiting for me. Hallelujah. We're not with people that without no hope. We got hope beyond the grave. So hallelujah. We know heaven is waiting. Greetings in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Happy New Year to you, you, and especially you. Oh, my God. God has brought us through 2023. Hallelujah. Now we're in a new year. Hallelujah. We have great expectations. We expect more in 24. Hallelujah. It's so much more in 24 that we even got an extra day. Hallelujah. February 29th is an extra day in the whole year. So there is more in 24. And we want more of God. So the more we get of him, the more we'll get what he has. Hallelujah. So we thank God today, tonight, amen, for another opportunity to share the word of God. We are so excited about what God is doing. We just came through an a, a empowerment conference. Hallelujah. Awesome time in the Lord. Oh, my God. We had some great words, some great teachings, some great classes. Amen, I'm telling you. And the theme is, but this year is we are walking in kingdom authority. Hallelujah. We are walking in kingdom authority. Hallelujah. And I heard Donnie McClurkin said, my mother may not be the queen, king of everything. I'm adopted in the family, so you might as well get used to me because I am walking in authority. Hallelujah. He also said, get something in your hand. <laughs> Wave it in the air. Hallelujah. Wave it like you just don't care. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we are royalty. We are holy nation. Hallelujah. And we thank God for this opportunity. We are assistant pastors. Light the World Christian Tabernacle. International in Stockbridge, Georgia, where our co-founders are Archbishop Ruth W. Smith, and our senior pastor is Pastor Oshibar Hartman and Lady E. And we are just been consecrated uh, bishops of uh, um, <clears throat> Covenant Fellowship, and we thank God for what He's doing for us and with us, and we love God for everything He's done. Amen. Uh, uh, we became uh, uh, citizen police in uh, Stockbridge, Georgia, uh, last year, and God has really that's us to go out and, 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 and reach out to this community, amen, and do what we do in the schools and mentoring and all that we do. And so we want you to check up our websites that we have. <laughs> Hallelujah. The main one is ButterfieldMinistriesWorldwide.com. ButterfieldMinistriesWorldwide.com. Then we also have our, our counseling uh, our website, which is Marriage Utopia. Marriage Utopia. That's our counseling our website. MarriageUtopia.org, MarriageUtopia.org, and we also have a mentorship uh, website, which is boys with a Z, the number two, Gmen.org, boys to men, girls to ladies, and uh, God has allowed us to um, be able to be in the schools in Henry County, and we got a letter from uh, Rockdale County. They want us to start back in Rockdale County. Well, we thank and praise God for that. We also, uh, in on in verge of uh, getting recertified for the uh, 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 suicide prevention, which is called First Aid for the Youth. And so we thank God for that. We thank God for everything that he allows us to do. Amen. Because we want to do the will of God while we're here. Hallelujah. If we have a pulse, we got a purpose. <laughs> if we got a pulse, we got a purpose. So, if you feel yourself and you got a pulse, I mean, you got a purpose. 
If you're still here, you got a purpose. And so we want to be able to uh, maximize our time while we're here to impact the kingdom of God. So we thank God for all he's doing. Uh, thank God for this new year. We look for great expectation. We look for greater things. Uh, we have uh, two videos that we're working on, and we're praying that God will continue to fortify uh, 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 us so we can get those videos out. Amen. There will be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So uh, continue to pray with us and for us that God would uh, uh, use us and he would uh, sustain us during these times. And we thank God for everything. Amen. Another year that God has allowed us to see. Another day that we haven't seen before. Hallelujah. So we thank God. And without further ado, we have uh, 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 any other un- announcement you know of? We want you to know that uh, uh, in, in May of, of this year, we are celebrating at the Jimmy Lee Smith Community Center. We are celebrating 10-year anniversary. So uh, 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 get your funds together. We're going to need your support. You need your prayer uh, uh, that we will be able to have a great time and celebrating the 10 years that we have been in Stockbridge and have the impact that we had <coughs> to our community. So we thank God for uh, everything that uh, he's doing with us and through us. So continue to pray for us and pray with us. Amen. Uh, even uh, our uh, 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 Bishop Tree, uh, please pray for us that we continue to uh, uh, do the will of God with that. We don't just want a, a office. We want to be able to do uh, what we can in that office. So we thank God for that, and we love God. Amen. Tonight we are favored and blessed with, amen, our, one of our favorite speakers, amen. He has been with us forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we thank God for this man of God, a truly man of God who loved God and loved God's people. And so it's none other than Pastor Fair. Amen. We're going to let him come on and introduce himself and give us what God has given him. Good evening, Pastor Fair. Oh, good evening, Bishop. How are you this evening? Fantastic. How are you? Well, we're trying to stay warm up here in Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> we've had a week of uh, single digits, uh, down to, even to, down to zero. Uh, right now, I think we're sitting at nine degrees. So we wow. we got a fire going in the living room, and we're <laughs> we're trying to stay warm. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been cold here, but not 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 zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's been cold up here, but I tell you what, it's it's warm when God's in your heart, that's for sure. And uh, I, I, we're going to take a look at something that God has for us tonight. To, uh, one of the things that God has purposed for us to do, we're going to be in the Book of Galatians. Uh, this is something that God has put on my heart, and uh, so we we're going to run with it and see how far we can get. Uh, Galatians chapter six is where we're going to be. And there's one thing in particular in this passage that just really gripped my heart, and that's what God had me focus on for tonight. So if we begin our reading in verse 1, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone mm. thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives mm. himself. But let mm. each one examine his own work, and then mm. we will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Did you hear that now from verse 5? Mm. But that's not the mm. nugget that God has given me here. 
I'm going to read on through uh, verse 10. I don't know if we'll get that far tonight, but uh, we're going to go on and carry on with that. Uh, verse 6 is, let who, him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who Amen. sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows of the spirit will the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us mm. not grow weary while doing good. For in due season mm-hmm. we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come and gather together and share your word. Yes, indeed, Father, we have a new year. Yes, indeed, 24, we're going to have more in 24. Yes, indeed, Father, we're looking and anticipating for more of you each and every day that passes. Yes, indeed, Father, we are anticipating you to do great and mighty things each and every day that you carry. Father, as we open your word, as we break bread together tonight, open our hearts and our minds and our ears that we can hear what you say to the church, what the Spirit is saying to the church. Father, not me, not not man, not anyone else, but let them hear you. And, Father, let us be obedient to what your word is telling us. We give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. The nugget that I found, the nugget that just really struck a chord with me out of these verses that I just read, is actually verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It hit me while reading this, the Church of Jesus Christ is not a charitable organization like the Red Cross or a civic club such as the Rotary Club or the Kiwanis. It is rather a family of born-again brothers and sisters supernaturally knit together by the Holy Spirit in a common fellowship of mutual edification and love. And see, I had to stop right there because we're told later on to examine ourselves in this and how many times I myself fail God in edification and love. And that means you're always supposed to be building someone up, not tearing them down. I have to raise my hand and say, God, forgive me there. I have to understand and know that myself fall and I fail in this. In this context, Paul admonishes his readers to bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's pretty deep when you stop and think about it. To bear one another's burdens so to fill, fulfill the law of Christ. The immediate context refers back to the preceding verse and conveys the idea of spirituality or spiritually mature bearing with and helping to restore those who have fallen into sin. But burden bearing cannot be restricted to one situation, that, that one situation alone. The word for burden is baros, or baros, means literally a heavy weight or a stone. Someone is required to carry for a long distance. Figuratively, it came to mean any oppressive ordeal or hardship that was difficult to bear, as in Matthew 20, verse 12, where Jesus spoke of the workers in the vineyard who had borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. The old-fashioned English word, tote, conveys something of this idea in our language. 
to tote something is not simply to pick it up and put it away and put it back down again. It's rather to carry a heavy or and haul a heavy load, usually on one's arms or back, for a great distance, perhaps many miles. We may gather four important truths about practical Christian living from Paul's injunction to bear one another burdens here. The reality of burdens, all Christians have burdens. All Christians have burdens. Our burdens may differ in size and shape and will vary in kind depending on the providential order, ordering of our lives. For some, it's the burden of temptation and the consequences of a moral lapse, as we see in verse 1 here. For others, it may be a physical ailment, a mental disorder, or a family crisis, a lack of employment, or a demonic oppression. A host of things and other things, but no Christian is exempt from burdens. Uh, Let me back up right there just a minute. How many people do you know that fit into any one of those categories that have a physical ailment or that have a mental disorder or have a family crisis going on? or a lack of employment. In today's world, that that number is astonishing. Or demonic oppression. We see demonic oppression everywhere we go, especially in our churches. And the host of other things, it would take a lot of time to get into those. So God, he shortened this. But no Christian is exempt from these burdens. Creation itself is broken and groaning. You stop and you think about that. And believers groan with it, waiting for the final deliverance that will come only when the return of our Redeemer in glory, as we see in Romans 8, verses 18 through 28. Prosperity gospels of easy believism and quick fix recovery belong more to the spirit of this age than to the spirit of Christ. Did you capture that? Prosperity gospels and an easy believism and a quick fix recovery belong more to the spirit of this age than to the spirit of Christ. Who, son through he, son though he was, had to prove the meaning of obedience through all that he suffered, as we see in Hebrews chapter five verse nine. The myth of self-sufficiency. We all have burdens, and God does not intend for us to carry them by ourselves in isolation from our brothers and sisters. Did you you understand that? Did you you capture where this is going? The myth, it's a myth, and that's why it says that, that we are self-sufficient. We all have burdens, and God does not intend for us to carry those burdens by ourselves in isolation, in other words, away from our brothers and sisters. But so many times, and this is something that breaks my heart, so many times as Christians, we will have people come to us and say, we'll say to them, uh, let me help you carry your burdens. But instead of using it as intended here by, that Paul intends for us to do, it's used as a gossip loop or to begin a gossip loop. Because we take and we pray for people, and then all of a sudden we're telling this person, they, they tell that person, they tell the next person, they tell the next person. No, God tells us to carry it. If it 
becomes mm-hmm. the place for rumors and a gossip mill, it's in the wrong place. You're misapplying this verse, verse 2, to your lives. The ancient philosophy of Stoicism taught that the goal of the happy life was apathia, a studied aloofness from pleasure and pain <laughs> and self-sufficiency. The ability to brave the harsh elements of life without dependence upon others. There's nobody alive that I know of that can do that. We are all not all self-sufficient. We all depend on someone. Yes, we depend on Christ. We're supposed to. But if you look at verse 2, bear one another's burdens as so to fulfill the law of Christ. We're going to get into it a little bit later, but this, these aren't just empty words here. A lot of people don't realize that verse 2 is a command. It's a command from Jesus Christ. We're going, to, we're going to get into that. I jumped ahead of myself there, but as the Roman philosopher Seneca put it, the primary sign of a well-ordered mind is a man's ability to remain in one place and linger in his own company. But there is a vast difference between stoic equanimity and Christian courage. The myth of self-sufficiency is not a mark of bravery, but rather a sign of pride. Oh, you see, there it comes. A sign of pride And for us to stay hidden And stay away from other people When someone says I want to help you carry your burdens They're coming to you And being obedient to what Jesus Christ says to them And tells us to fulfill the law of Christ But when someone chooses to stay uh, anonymous and, And away from the brothers and sisters As we see in this passage That pride That P R I D E Has got to die What's one of the three things that Jesus says he hates? Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That pride has to die. So when we're talking to people about carrying their burdens, uh, that's something that we're commanded to do. It's a command. That's something that we should be working overtime to try to do because it fulfills the law of Christ. And if we're fulfilling the law of Christ, we are pleasing God. You stop and you think about that. Paul's maxim in verse 3 is aimed at this perverted understanding of the self. Mm. If a man thinks he is somebody, he is deceiving himself. For that very thought proves that he is nobody. Such an attitude of conceited self-importance leads to two fundamental failures in relationship. One, the refusal to bear the burdens of others. For that would be a task. That would be a job. That would be a task. That would be an assignment too menial and too depreciating for a person who thinks he's something. Uh, We're told that we're not right here in these verses. That's uh, pride getting in the way on the person that's going to someone and say, let me help you carry your burdens. So, when we think we're something that we're not, we're deceiving ourselves according to verse 3. The other is the refusal to allow anyone else to help. Shoulder one's own burdens since that would be an admission of weakness and need. 
How many mm. times have you come across somebody you know God puts it in your spirit? You know that person is hurting. You know that person is going through something. You know that that person is that they're with him. You go and you offer to help. You offer to help carry their burdens. They turn their back. They're not turning their back on you, folks. You're going to them and to fulfill the law of Christ. If they don't want to step forward and tell you what's going on, that's where they need to swallow that P-R-I-D-E. And we have to establish in ourselves as Christians that this is not going to be a place for a rumor mill. This is not going to be a place for gossip to start. You see, it starts with the person we see in the mirror. We have to understand what God is saying to us as well as to everyone else to, to go and bear their cross. Bear their burdens uh, Yes we are to indeed pick up our cross And follow Jesus on a daily basis That part of carrying that cross Should be sensitive to Others burdens When you walk up to somebody If you don't even know them Or if you, if you know them As soon as you look at them You can tell that something Isn't right You see that's part of the spirit Of, of discernment that God has given us when we can't just go up and say, hey, man, I want to carry your burdens and walk away and not have it mean anything to us. It's got to be something that breaks our heart for what breaks Christ's heart. It's got to be something that breaks our heart for what breaks God's heart. He tells us, he commands us to bear one another's burdens. Mm. To live this way, however, is to practice the art of self-deception. <laughs> Uh, that goes around a lot For no man is an island Entire to itself The imperative of mutuality Because all Christians Have burdens And since none are sufficient Unto themselves to bear their burdens alone God has so tempted The body of Christ That its members are to be Priests to one another Bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. I get chills every time I see that, every time I think about that. Carrying someone else's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. I can't even begin to tell you what this nugget, this gold nugget right here in verse 2 meant to me. I'm, I'm trying my best to really convey that to you with tonight's message. Paul's most extensive Elaboration on the theme of Christian mutuality is in his discourse on the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians verse 12. There in the context of a fractured fellowship beset with rival parties and self-serving leaders, Paul declared that God has so brought the members of the congregation into mutual relationship that there should be no division in the body. Ooh. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other uh, We are part of that body, folks We are the body of Christ That's what we're told We are the church So if one part suffers Every part suffers with it You can't see somebody and know that they're troubled And not be suffering with them To go to them and care enough to confront, as I call it and say, let me help you care, carry your burdens. Let me help fulfill the law of Christ in my own life. Let me do this because this is how much I love Jesus Christ. Let me show you how much I love Jesus Christ. 
What, how, how is that going to touch somebody in your life if they know that and they know that they can come to you and it's not for a rumor purpose, it's not for a gossip mill, but you are sincere, you're honest about wanting to carry their burdens before the throne of grace and keep them there until God shows up and shows off. Woo! <laughs> if one part suffers... Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 25 through 26. Uh, Luther said that a Christian must have broad shoulders and husky bones in order to carry the burdens of his brothers and sisters. Oh, you see, so many times we're told as Christians, we're not meek doesn't mean weak. We, that's an old saying that I've heard since I was a child. Meek does not mean weak. When we are offering to carry someone else's uh, burdens, we are showing that we have the broad shoulders. We have the husky bones because God instilled them in us. The command, now here we go, the command to bear one another's burdens in no way mitigates against the other New Testament imperative to cast all of our cares upon Christ. Since he cares for us, we see in 1 Peter 5, 7, the Apostle Paul knew a great deal about burdens. You know, if anybody knew anything about burdens, it was Paul. <laughs> you stop and you think about the writings of Paul. You stop and you think about the people's burdens that he carried himself, not as a rumor starter, not as a gossip mill, but he carried their burdens. At times, it brought him to being stoned and left for dead. At times, it brought him to being jailed. At times, it left him to be uh, whipped, used on him. Paul knew a great deal about burdens. So does Jesus Christ. you got to stop and you think about that. Jesus Christ carries the burdens of the entire world on his shoulders. That's caring. That's caring enough to confront that's showing enough love that people should want to come to you. On one occasion, Paul was severely oppressed by afflictions. At every turn, fightings without and fears within. In this moment of crisis, he later wrote, but God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5 and 6. Uh, Jay Spott comments on this text. God's comfort was not given to Paul through his private prayer and waiting upon the Lord, but through the companionship of a friend and through the good news which he brought. You know, we should be all be known as a companion to anyone that's hurting. We should be the, be known as the companionship of a friend. Jesus Christ, he calls us friend. We don't deserve that. Human friendship in which we bear one another's burdens is part of the purpose of God for his people. Hello, somebody. It's part of his purpose. So we should not keep our burdens to ourselves, but rather seek a Christian friend who will help to bear them with us. The duty of bearing one another's burdens is stated in the imperative mood. It is not an option, but a command. You know, I, I can't say that enough. 
because so many people will read past this. They just blow right through it because, yes, it's something I've heard before, and they read through chapter or verse 2 like it's just part of this entire text. But it's something that jumps off the page at me. It's something that tells me something, and the more I researched it and I found that it was a command, it's something that it really began to break my heart. I mean, break my heart because I was not going to people as Jesus commanded me to carry their burdens. Mm-hmm. You talk about making me feel real small in this. God had a way to do that, but he, he, he lifted me up and he grabbed me by the bootstraps and he showed me the way around the feelings that I was having. He showed me to, uh, and here it is again, fulfill the law of Christ. One of the much neglected features of the contemporary Baptist church life is the congregational covenant, an expression of communal commitment and responsibility, setting forth the ethical standards and obligation incumbent upon all members. Historically, Baptist church covenants have encouraged not only public worship, personal devotion, and congregational discipline, but also a caring and pastoral attitude on the part of each church member toward every other member. Did you catch that? Historically, uh, they've not only uh, encouraged to have public worship, public devotion, congregational discipline, but also a caring and pastoral attitude on the part of each church member Toward every other member You see God doesn't say it's just for the pastors It's just for the the fivefold ministry It's just for the bishops The apostles It's not It's for every member of the church If you walk through the doors of a church And you are on their membership role Guess what This applies to you Carry one another's burdens, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. It just, I get goosebumps when I think about that because God has given us the opportunity to fulfill the law of Christ simply by our action. Mm. In this context, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it has been frequently paraphrased in these historic documents. On November 4th, 1790, November 4th, 1790, an English Baptist church meeting in the house fair, Stony Stratford, Buckinghamshire, set forth as part of its congregational covenant the following statement, agreeing to walk in love toward those whom we stand connected with in the bonds of Christian fellowship. As the effect of this, we will pray much for one another. As we have opportunity, we will associate together for religious purposes. Those of us who are in more comfortable situations in life than some of our brethren, with regard to the good things of providence, will administer as we have ability and see occasion to their necessities. That's pretty, they're getting pretty deep. You know, we're talking about bearing someone's burdens. But all of a sudden, we see that we are going to have the ability to see an occasion to meet their needs. I always say God has given us two purposes here in this life, 
Number one is find a need and fill it. Number two is find a hurt and heal it. When we're doing those, we're fulfilling the will of Christ. Carrying one another's burdens, bearing one another's burdens, we are fulfilling the law of Christ. I hope you can begin to see why this this short verse hit me so strongly in Galatians, the second verse. We will bear one another's burdens. We will sympathize with the afflicted in their body and their mind. And so far as we know their case under their trials, and as we see occasion, advise, caution, and encourage one another. Did you get that? Advise, caution, and encourage. Hmm. We will watch over one another for good. Uh, hello. Doesn't say to run them down in a rumor mill. It doesn't say to run them down in the gossip train. It says to watch over one another for good. We will studiously avoid giving or taking offenses. One of my favorite verses is, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. So how can we take offenses when we've got such a beautiful verse that comes from Psalm 119, verse 167? Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing will offend them. Thus we will make it our study to fulfill the law of Christ. You see, we could make a whole study on verse 2 here in Galatians about fulfilling the law of Christ. We could do an entire series on just this short verse. These things and whatever else may appear enjoined by the word of God. We promise in the strength of divine grace to observe and practice. You see, that's our responsibility there. Whatever else may appear enjoined by the word of God, we promise in the strength of divine grace to observe and to practice, to see and to practice. How in the world can we see and practice it if we're ignoring it? You see, if we're ignoring such a beautiful verse as verse 2, we're ignoring a command from God. Have you ever, have you ever thought about that little verse in such a way? To ignore that, you're ignoring a command from God. Nobody wants to intentionally do that. There are so many commands in the Bible. It would be, <laughs> I'd like to meet the person that says they can obey them all <laughs> outside of Jesus. But knowing our insufficiency for anything that is spiritually good in and of ourselves, we look up to him who giveth power to the saint, rejoicing that in the Lord we not only have righteousness, but strength. Hold thou us up, O Lord, and we shall be safe. Amen. Living by the law of Christ. Woo! Bearing one another's burdens. Paul said, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Nowhere else did Paul use the expression, the law of Christ. Nomos Christoa. Although 1 Corinthians 9.21 contains a similar phrase, so I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. Christio. The, uh, throughout the earlier part of Galatians, Paul frequently pictured Christ and grace 
opposed to law and works, showing conclusively that justification can never be achieved by observing the requirements of the Mosaic legislation, which no one can perfectly no one can do perfectly in any event, but only through faith in Jesus Christ, who is who in his atoning death on the cross bore the curse of the law and now freely offers salvation for all who believe. You know, Jesus offered the the uh, atoning death on the cross that bore the curse of the law, but yet he tells us here in a command to fulfill the law of Christ. This is the heart of the gospel, and Paul is not here backtracking or sidestepping from this fundamental doctrinal commitment. However, as Paul has shown already in Galatians 5 and 6, the moral law of God has never been abrogated or annulled. Although the civil and ceremonial aspects of the Mosaic legislation have been made obsolete by the coming of Christ, the moral law of God, epitomized in the Ten Commandments and summarized in Jesus' restatement of the New Commandment, given to his disciples, and John chapter 13, verse 34, John chapter 15, verse 12, and 1 John 3, 23. It continues to play an important role in the life of the justified believer. In some, the law of Christ is for Paul. The whole tradition of Jesus' ethical teaching, confirmed by his character and conduct and reproduced within his people by the power of the Spirit. Romans 8, verse 2. Carrying one's own load in chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, as we looked at, each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else, for each one should carry his own load. You know, it almost seems like it uh, contradicts itself. But you, as we go on down into this chapter, we see more and more that bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The command, that short, short verse, means so very much to us. And so many times I think we just, we're just flat out overlooking what it is. We, we've become so familiar and so accustomed to reading through this and not seeking God's face in this. And not saying, God, show me something new. God, amaze me again today out of your word. Because we can read every single day. And unless we're saying, God, amaze me again today, he's not going to do it, folks. It's just going to be a monotonous reading to some of us. We're just going to be doing the, the least we can do. But when we come across something like this, to fulfill the law of Christ, Whew, that kind of sets a fire under me. That kind, of, that kind of sets me on a new direction. That kind of sets me on a new path. It's something that I'm looking forward to. I'm anticipating doing because it's something so simple to do. And it's absolutely nothing to bear one another's burdens. You get together with someone that you know is hurting, and you get on your face, you get on your knees with that person, and you don't stop, and you don't stop, and you don't stop just because they're not in your presence. You don't stop taking them before the throne of grace until that burden is lifted. 
In verse 4, the verse, this verse and the one that follows it must be read in tandem, for they present two diverse aspects of the Christian's scrutiny and examination before God. The first is the serious self-examination Paul enjoined upon all believers regarding their Christian walk in this present life. The second is the evaluation that will be disclosed by Christ himself when every believer appears before his judgment seat to give an account of the stewardship of his life. Have you ever thought about that and considered that? Something as simple as just bear one another's burden. We're going to give an account to that. We are going to give an account for that. The word protest is dokimazo, which is the word used in for the fiery testing of gold so as to determine its purity. This verse has important implications for Christian spirituality, and we do well to heed its message in our own individual lives. Of course, we do well to heed anything that God is saying to us in our own lives because we miss so much on a daily basis. It's not hard to overlook something just as simple as this verse. And I'm hoping that uh, the study that God has given us tonight is something that opens your eyes, it opens your mind, it opens your heart. First, there is a great difference between introspection and self-examination. The former can be easily devolve into a kind of uh, almost narcissistic spiritual navel-gazing that is more in common with the types of Eastern mysticism than the classic models of the devotion, life, and history, uh, Christianity, and historic Christianity. True self-examination is not merely taking one's spiritual pulse beat on a regular basis, but rather submitting one's thoughts, attitudes, and actions to the will and of God and to the mind of Christ revealed in Holy Scripture. You see, that's what happens with this verse. Bear one another's burdens so to fulfill the law of Christ. It, it opened my eyes, it opened my heart to a, a, the true examination that's being talked about here. Not just, you know, checking our spiritual pulse on a regular basis, but submitting our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions to the will of God and to the mind of Christ that we see revealed in, his, in Scripture. To test or prove something presupposes that there is some external standard of criterion by which the quality or purity of the object has scrutiny, and it can be measured with accuracy. Mm. No higher or better standard can be found for this important exercise than the law of Christ. Paul has just extolled. You know, I would love to sit down and talk to Paul, and there will be a day that I'll be able to sit down and talk to him and say, tell me more about Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Tell me what you know. Tell me how you came to that conclusion. Tell me why God put that into your heart. Uh, it's something that I want, I want to go in detail with him. Even though you, we've got all kind of books available to us to study and to go into about the Word of God and what the Word of God says, you, I, there's, in me there's a hunger to talk to the authors. This uh, does not mean, of course, that we should not seek assistance of 
fellow believers in the process of self-examination. An important part of bearing one another's burdens is to offer spiritual guidance and friendship to one another, holding each other accountable to the high calling of God in our lives. You know, if you look at somebody and say, brother, sister, let me help you carry your burdens. Let me bear one another's burdens. And this came up, this study came up because I was talking to someone. They were really struggling in in their life. They were going through a lot of stuff. And whether or not they wanted to tell me about it, uh, she said, I'm waiting for God to say something. And it struck a chord with me. I said, God did say something. He said that we're to bear one another's burdens. And I didn't finish that verse, but I went and looked it up later that evening after talking to the person, and I said, to fulfill the law of Christ. I immediately sent out a text to this person and said, God not only told us to do this, he commanded us to. So I came to you in obedience, and this is what I put in the text. I came to you in obedience to God, to Try to do what he has told me to do To help you bear your burdens So when we do this You know you offer guidance and friendship To one another Holding each other accountable To the high calling of God in our lives A second dimension Of self-examination The second examination uh, uh, Dimension Has to do with competition And boasting in the Christian life Did you ever think about that? Competition and boasting in the Christian life If the churches of Galatia Were anything like the one in Corinth And they were parallels as well as differences We may assume that they were overloaded with spiritual gifts It comes to reason If they were running parallel to one another They had to be overflowing with spiritual gifts We know that there has been a display of miracles in their midst, uh, chapter 3, verse 5 in Galatians. And did also speak in tongues, heal the sick, cast out demons, receive visions, and revelations. Perhaps like the Corinthians, they they used such gifts not to edify the body, but rather to flatter themselves. Mm. See, we get into some dangerous territory there. Seeking ever greater spiritual highs until they become critical of others who were less advanced in such high-tech pneumatics. Instead of serving one another in love, instead of, they became puffed up with pride and boastful and to the and of their exalted status in spiritual matters. Do we see that going on in the churches of today? Absolutely, 100%. Yes. We do. So our text and our our context that we are reading this whole thing, uh, chapter six verses one through ten, is something that every born again believer needs to rethink and bury themselves in and say, God, talk to me, amaze me again today. They whispered in small circles about those uh, those other members who were. Not one of us. Do we see that today? Do we see clicks in churches today? Uh, yes, absolutely. Is it supposed to be there? No, never, never, never. At church meetings, they compared the scores on their spiritual aptitude tests and snubbed those who did not measure up. 
Do we see that in our churches today? Yes, absolutely. Should it be? Absolutely not. As a corrective to this kind of destructive attitude, Paul said bluntly, test yourself. Test yourself. What would you score on that test? You know, and just say it was a test. What would you score? How would you rate yourself on this kind of spiritual aptitude test? God will not hold you accountable for the gifts he gave to someone else. Don't compare yourself with Pastor Jim or Deacon Smith or Sister Jones. God wants you to bring your own life before the open pages of his holy word, your own life. If you bring your own life in front of the open pages of God's holy word and you begin to read stuff like we're talking about tonight, brethren, if any of you is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in, in the spirit of gentleness, Considering yourself left, you are also tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's pretty cut and dried here what Jesus is saying but through Paul and how Jesus used Paul to say it. Are you more loving and patient than you were this time last year? See, now, these were questions on that test. Again, how would you score on that test? How do you gauge your gentleness and self-control? Oh, here's some more questions for the test. How do you gauge your gentleness and self-control? Your kindness and faithfulness. Woo! How will you, what's your score going to be? No one who honestly brings his or her life before God in this kind of way is going to have any interest in comparing himself to somebody else. Why? Because when you think of yourself more than you ought, you are, it shows that we are nothing. This kind of honest scrutiny will issue in confession, not competition, in humility, not in vainglory. Chapter uh, verse five. On the first, on first blush, it seems that Paul had flatly contradicted himself within the space of three short verses, but he didn't do that. He he told us and he showed us. Very simply, what struck a chord with me, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 3, for if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Verse 4, but let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Verse 5, for each one shall bear his own load. But the most important thing in these verses is verse 2. I've never seen it in the light that I've seen it in before putting this message together. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It, it, it puts me in tears even just sitting here saying that, knowing that all this time that I've ignored, I've not listened to a command. It came from Jesus Christ. It breaks my heart. It puts me in a position that I want to be on my face. And I hope that you have gotten something out of this word. I hope that you've gotten something out of this message. Bear one another's burdens is the name of this message. Bear one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. Bishop. Hey, man. man. Oh, my God. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And 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 what's what's really uh what's really so good about it is uh the lesson I'm teaching tomorrow to the ministers is uh 
Jesus is our model. And and so the law of Christ is now you got to understand what got what Christ commands of us. And that is to bear each other's burden. And when you talk about burden, he said uh, in, in Matthew 11, chapter, in the 20th verse, he said, Come unto me, all ye who are burdened, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus is his whole his whole law is to take our burden. He took he went on the cross to take something that we could not bear and he did it for us. So now if we want to be like Christ, we gotta do the same for each other. And so uh 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 it is word will come Come through you tonight. <laughs> it's awesome, awesome, awesome word. And I thank God for it because we have to, we have to bear each other's burdens. That's why we're here, uh, 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 and that's what the, the law of Christ is love, and love will help, would 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 compel you to bear each other's burdens. You can't see some, you can't love somebody and see them uh, carrying a load and don't assist them. You can't love somebody and see them. Don't do something and don't don't want to do something uh, to help them. So uh, the law of Christ really is love, and so uh, uh, I thank God for this word tonight. It really confirms some stuff and what I was uh, meditating on and thinking about. So uh, man of God, we appreciate this word. Hallelujah! I tell you, that's an awesome, awesome, awesome word. And I'm still gonna uh, meditate some more on this. I probably I'll wake up through the night trying to think about this stuff. (laughs) Amen. Because (laughs) <laughs> God wants us to love each other And he said the world would know you're my disciples Because of your love And your love will compel you To bear each other's burden yeah. And that therefore Is definitely will fulfill the law of Christ <laughs> Amen Thank you so much Thank man of God Hallelujah Hallelujah. Thank you so much uh, uh, You want to give any final, final word And pray uh, that Prayers out tonight. Um, the, as simple as that verse two is, uh, there's so much there for each and every one of us. It's not just meant for the, the pastoral staff. It's meant for the entire body of Christ. Yeah. And I, oh, I yeah. hope that uh, people put that together. And I hope uh, it's kind of morbid to say, but I hope it breaks everyone's heart like it has mine uh, to want to fulfill the law of Christ. So, Amen. Father, we just so we're so thankful, Father, for the opportunity to come and share Your Word. Father, we're thankful that You still speak into our spirits, as yes, foul as we are, as much as we fail You on a daily basis. That You still love us enough that You speak to us, in us, and through us. Father, there's nothing like that. There's no, nothing will ever compare to that. We give You praise and honor and glory, Father, that uh, this is how You see us. That You call us friends, that you show us the way that you would have us to go, that you teach us, that we don't overlook simple things like this in your word. 
Father, but rather we say, amaze us again today, and we open our hearts, Father, that we can see the things that you see. The things that break your heart, Father, help help us to have them break our hearts as well. When we miss something that is in your word, a golden nugget such as this, Father, bring it to light to us and help us each and every day to more and better serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much. Amen. So tell your neighbor, tell your friends, every Saturday night at 8 p.m. to dial 917-388-4161 for the Turn of the Life broadcast. Pastor Stephen and Ann Butterfield. Amen. Stephen and Ann Butterfield. <laughs> amen. Have a great night. Amen. Good night.